When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, aka Brittle Gash on the old Reddit machine. Very happy to be back after a brief Christmas slash New Year's hiatus here in Sydney, Australia. Joining me as always from up in Newcastle, Jackson, aka Rickman Lives. Jackson, happy New Year, mate. Happy New Year to you, mate. Good to be back after a uh, holiday, inverted commas. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good to be back talking Celtics, Celtics ball, man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Feeling a little slow after a uh, a couple of days of you know just living the uh, the festive season, but I'm um, glad to start off the year with a bang with a, a Gordon Hayward related bang. So feeling the feeling best good. kind of bang, a Gordon Hayward bang. <laughs> Leaving that in there, uh, <laughs> Joe, <laughs> he's a late scratch from this episode. He's in bed with Tommy Hudson with the flu, I guess. I don't, I don't know. That's but, where um, he's been. I should have known. He's he's with us in spirit. So uh, shout out to Joe. I'm sure he'll be back in a in a week or so. All right, coming up on the show, we're going to talk about the Wolves game and maybe a bit about just general Celtics goings on over the past couple of weeks, seeing as we've been away for a little while. Uh, As always, we'll do the Celtics Reddit recap, and we're going to talk about what the hell has been going on in some of the game threads lately, a bit of subreddit drama there. So we'll get into that just a little bit, and we'll look at some of the games coming up in the next week and make some spicy predictions. But first, Jackson, how about them Celtics? They keep us guessing, hey? Yeah, man, I, I still can't put my finger on them uh, yet. Uh, the, the the wave of emotions that we went through from the um, that epic, epic <laughs> Christmas Day game. Oh, that was um, so good. Yeah, oh yes. my god. Um, and then the 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 bizarre feeling of getting stomped into the ground by this player that I really don't rate at all, but you know have to willfully accept that he is quite good in James Harden the Rockets game and then uh-huh. there was the Memphis thing that didn't look like a win that was a win and then there's the San Antonio third quarter followed up by this man it's just I think we're we're, we're if we can quote a, an episode we had earlier in the year a consistently inconsistent not much has changed Fair. unfortunately <laughs> yeah uh, yeah we've come a long way since episode one of this uh, season which I believe was titled championship vibes but uh <laughs> who knows if, if Gordon Hayward continues to play the, the way that he played today, or um, if he somehow can get it in his head that every opponent is Minnesota, then uh, who knows? Yeah. Basically lead us to a championship, I guess. But um, and, and Joe is not here to tell me otherwise. Joe, um, who so often levels or writes the ship um, and brings us back to reality, is not here to uh, deny yeah. me on that front. But, there, ain't, um, there ain't no coping mechanisms tonight. Just, just, <laughs> that's just, right. Just plain old gaudy goodness. Yes, mate. <laughs> <laughs> now, we should get on the the Wolves game a little bit. Obviously, it was a fun game with Kyrie Irving out, uh, which was unfortunate due to the the scratched eye or scratch eyes. It's good to see Gordon Hayward step up and do his thing. Um, user Mark the Maymar King apparently predicted, I uh, this was linked in the game thread, but he predicted, um, I think it was on the, the thread 
where it was announced that Kyrie Irving was going to be out, but it was basically predicting that he was going to drop 30 again. And uh, he did. He called it. So uh, well yeah, done shout to out you. to you, Mark, the Myanmar King. A Big solid time. prediction there. And uh, he did indeed drop 35 points on a, on a very efficient shooting night. And uh, for me, whenever Gordon Hayward does even just the slightest good thing, like maybe he makes a good pass or fills the lane or something as minimal as that. Um, and I, I get goosebumps every time. I'm always so happy for him given you know his, his history with the Celtics, his short history with the Celtics. Yeah, he's, I don't have any children, but it's starting to feel... Uh, Gordon Hayward's starting to feel a lot like my son in, in this uh-huh. bizarre compartmentalized way um and that yeah you you you've, you've seen we've seen him go from the devastation and then the slow build-up and every time he does something good here you know you see those little baby steps and it you just it just fills my heart with such pride it's it's kind of like oh there goes my boy um which is absurd <laughs> but at the same time i feel i think a lot of uh, a lot of celtics fans probably have you know some element of that in in themselves when they see gordon hayward um t- tonight's performance in particular was I, I was just outstanding to see because i thought not only was it coming off the spurs game in which i believe he was 0 of 8 or 0 of 5 or something like that. A bit big fat zero points anyway. Um, Definitely zero points. Yeah, yeah, which is the most important thing. And then I do believe, I think he missed his first three shots tonight, or his first two mm-hmm. at least. And it yep. was like, oh shit, here we go. He's, he's in this funk. And then out of absolutely nowhere, he couldn't miss. Like, I... I Everything he did was, was was great. Not just the shooting, man. I thought the passing, you know, we've always known he's a good passer, but like that was on display tonight as well too. I thought there were moments where he was taking it to the brim and then he looked for a pass out that actually felt like the right play to make rather than the sort of him like panically hitting the eject button and, and bailing out of, of um, some potential contact. So the right plays were getting made. Um, and yeah, there's just a feel-good factor about the building and about the team in general when Gordon Hayward plays well. So for that to, to come tonight, albeit against an underhanded, rather average Timberwolves team, let's be honest, uh, I'll take yeah. it, man. Yeah, and just back on Hayward very quickly, like his shot, his shot looked better. Like just he was shooting more decisively and he was stroking it. Like the there was this uh, flick to his wrist that I guess maybe his shooting motion. I, I never really watched that many Utah Jazz games, but I've always thought since he joined Boston, his shooting motion looked a little awkward. Tonight it was it was very good, very decisive, and his physicality and his agility. He was he was really making some strong takes to the bucket and. Like, some of them, it was cool. Like, he wasn't necessarily beating his man to the cup, but he was just stronger than them. Uh, and he had three dunks in the game. Like, he's barely dunked at all this season. And, you know, the, the good things about the dunks in tonight's game was that, um, that, like, they didn't all just look like these rim grazer dunks. Some of his, most of his dunks, let's be honest, so far this season have looked like those, like, YouTube learn to dunk guys who are, like, 5'9 mm. and, like, trained for six months to just barely be able to get the ball over the hoop. And that's what most of Hayward's dunks have looked like this year. But there was a dunk with, I think, about a minute left in the third quarter where he just got up there. It was super athletic, super decisive, and I was so, so happy to see that sort of athleticism and confidence from Hayward because we just haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah. I, there's never been any doubt about his like basketball IQ or whatnot, or, or even like I didn't ever even really doubt he could play in like this system here. You know, despite him maybe looking a bit lost on defense sometimes. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, it, it's that's that athleticism and that explosivity that um that he is lacking. Because I think it was sometime over the Christmas break. I just I happened. I'm sure a lot of guys have done this, but I just caught some old Gordon Hayward highlights from maybe I think the season before he joined us in, in Utah. Yeah. And my God, he just he, he he's just a different beast altogether. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just I pulled my hand up. I totally forgotten that he had that, you know, really in his locker. I knew he was a good player, but like we, when you see it and you're reminded of it, you're like, damn, like we've we really got that. We've got that guy on our hands. You know, it's just a matter of 
of um, obviously the rehabilitation process, even though he's playing and cleared, you know, he's still going through rehab, you know, that that's absolutely happening. So um, it, these games, even if we don't see another 30 point plus game from Hayward or, or like a decent impressive game from Hayward for another couple of weeks, I think as long as we see like little spots like this, you know, throughout the rest of the season, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not going to lose faith that he's he's going to get back to at least you know, close to what he was. You know, I, I still refuse to call him a bad contract. I know sometimes it feels <laughs> like it, particularly that Spurs game. But um, no, I, 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 I believe in my heart of hearts that he's going to, he's going to come good. And I, I hope, I hope it's sooner rather than later. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I think we all, like, obviously Gordon Hayward needed this night, but us as Celtics fans, we needed this night. That's you know, true, Especially yeah. after that San Antonio game, it was very much a relief um, and, you know, a cause for celebration to see him play this well. And, and hopefully, you know, obviously we can't expect him at this point to go out, you know, in a, another night or two and, and put up another 30-point game, even with Kyrie out. Uh, but if the gap starts to close and become shorter between games of, of this caliber, I think... Um, that's a real measure for success. So something to be excited about. Uh, Nicole Yang on Twitter tweeted, as you do on Twitter, Gordon Hayward said his ankle is, quote, a little sore after tonight's game. Plus, he's still, he is still working on his explosiveness and vertical. Quote from Gordon, I think in April and May, it'll be better than it is right now. I'm still doing stuff for my ankle every day, trying to get it better. Which was interesting because you kind of just imagine like, okay, you're out on the court, you're playing NBA basketball. Like, you, you, you know, you, you've been through all the rehab. Your ankle's probably fine. So it was kind of... I don't know, it was kind of nice to have him refer to that and it kind of reminds us all that, yeah, he's back on the court and he's, he's running up and down, but he's, he's still nowhere near um, back to, to where he could be. And so it sort of helps us temper our expectations a little bit. And while you know, tonight was a, a pleasant surprise, there's still a long way to go and I'm, I'm okay with that. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, look, while we're on the Hayward-related tweets, uh, J. King tweeted... Uh, Gordon Hayward said his lateral movement's close to normal, but vertically, he still has some strides to make. Quote, it's getting better. So yeah, again, that dunk he made earlier in the game um, or with a minute to go in the third quarter or whatever it was, uh, I was very excited to see because uh, I think he took us all a yeah. little bit by surprise there. Uh, I'll tell you who else took me by surprise or has taken me by surprise. Jalen Brown. So in the last three games, averaging, averaging rather, 26.5 minutes per game, 15.3 points on 68% from the field, 57% from three, four boards, an assist, and a block uh, at a plus three. Don't think we expected Jalen Brown to, to get back to this point very quickly. I don't think, I don't know, I personally knew what was really going on with him there. Uh, it's, like I said earlier, like the Celtics team, they really keep us guessing. There's a lot of um, unpredictable things going on, and Jalen Brown, unfortunately, has been one of them this, so far this season, um, but a really strong showing from him in these last few games, and uh, he had some strong showings again in the in the T-Wolves game tonight. Yeah, completely. Um, it, it, I can't put my finger on when it exactly it started, but yeah, it feels like at least three or four games now that Jalen's shooting has been really, really good. Um, I know the story is going around that he does have that, that hand injury mm-hmm. that's still healing somewhat, and you'd have to imagine that that is um, playing some part. Um, with his um, struggles, but you know, for for me, it always it always just looked like a mental thing. You know, I think we've talked about earlier, like in 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 uh, prior episodes, that um, you know, he's a very intellectual kind of guy, and like you know, sometimes if you're at the highest level of something and you're, you you have that kind of intelligence, you can get inside your own head a little bit and you can psych yourself out. And it really felt like that was going on with him. And then, based on the last few games that we've seen, it looks like that's 
that's gone. So was that there to begin with, or was it all the hand? You know, I'm I'm willing to bet it was you know a definite split of of both. But um, I mean, obviously, 68% is an aberration. That's going to you know revert. Um, to type, but like you know, the argument I guess is like, what is his type? You know, is is it is it going to be an improvement on what we saw, uh, you know, last season, or is it going to go a little bit below that? Like some people seem to think it is his is his real level. I mean, whatever it is, I mean, I don't care as long as he's hot right now and he's contributing and he, he's looking good. He's looking a lot more confident. Like I think there's at least two or three games now, like recently, that he has dunked on someone and flexed or st- stared them down. You know that. You wouldn't you wouldn't have expected that or seen that from him, you know, in 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 games prior. You know, we'd see flashes of it every now and then, but it's 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 a it's a it's a sign that he's he's his confidence is certainly coming back. And I mean, if, yeah. for us to be a, a a true a truly dangerous team, I mean, we've got some we've got a lot of guys have stepped up this season. But I think if Jalen Brown can get it together and can fit in this system with everyone else firing, then man, like. That's that's the that's where we want to get, and it's, I'm not saying he's the key guy to all this, but he he really is an important piece of this of this team that we we, we believe the Celtics can be. Yeah, absolutely, and excluding Jalen Brown on the fast break because you can't include this in in, in this statement. Jalen Brown maybe the most aesthetically pleasing player on the team. Uh, like he sort of went back to the real short shorts, no undies, short shorts <laughs> look tonight. The sort of old school look. Yeah. You combine that with the flat top. Like it just it look just looks so it's so good to look at. It's just such a nice like I, I bet, NBA style. It's timeless almost. Yeah, I bet when Jalen feels he looks good, he plays good, uh, and he feels good overall. So yeah, if if it if it takes short shorts and, and and that kind of retro vibe going on, then I'm all for it, man. And I think all the fans are for it too. I don't know if there's anyone out yeah. there who wants him to, you know, ditch the shorties. I certainly don't. Yeah, well, look, I'm glad it works for him. It doesn't work for me. I tried the uh, short shots and the flat top recently out there. Oh, you, on did, the, uh, you, on didn't, the you, didn't, you didn't shoot 70% in the short shots. Oh, man. No, I didn't. No, Damn. I didn't. No, I just kept sort of self-consciously trying to pull them down over my like pasty, hairy legs. But uh, look, we're different people. That, that's fine. I have my strengths and, and certainly my weaknesses. Now, look, what else, what else do we like about this game? Obviously, Jalen Brown. I keep looking at that box score and seeing 35 in the points column and, and then sort of crossing it over to... To Haywood and I, just, I can't believe it. I'm so stoked on that. But uh, Terry Rogier obviously got the start today with with Kyrie Irving out. He led the league in steals today with five steals. Uh, he had a really strong first quarter. I'm just bringing up the box score now. The six for ten from the field, so sixty percent, forty percent from three. Hit all of his free throws. Uh, he finished a plus three, sixteen points. Like I said, five steals, only two turnovers, five assists, and, and three rebounds, and just looked confident and. It's, uh, you know, again, we're going back to there's a lot of weird things, a lot of unpredictable things about this team so far this year that really just couldn't have ever imagined. And one of them is that Terry Rogier is great when he starts and he's terrible when he doesn't. Mm. And tonight he started and he was great. There's there's this like kind of completely lukewarm, non-serious take going around amongst some people that like we should trade Kyrie Irving because there are players who play so much better without <laughs> yeah, him. I was wondering if you were going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, I, I, thought, I thought I'll I'll, I'll bite the ball. I'll, I'll I'll drop the bomb as yeah. is. Um, first of all, I think everyone really knows that that take is a load of shit. There's 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 no right, two ways yeah. about that. But it does have to be said that I think. I, I think Terry Rozier in particular, and I could definitely apply for some players, but 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 scary Terry in particular. Um, when the team is not kind of set up for Kyrie to do his thing, so there's obviously a rhythm and a system we play in, but like more and more we're seeing Kyrie just kind of take over sporadically, I would say. Um, and when that happens, 
it's very, very tough for someone like Terry to come in and kind of take that mantle because it's like everyone's kind of looking to Kyrie to make the to make the shot or to make the play and to to to, to be his you know spectacular best. So when you got to kind of come in and you got to take that mantle, uh, he he just falls well short. And I feel like it's the the pressure of the expectation of having Kyrie there, of being the backup, that just weighs on him a lot. Which I wouldn't expect because he seems like a really sort of confident, you know, uh, you know, that doesn't give a shit sort of guy. Um, in 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 the respect that the pressure wouldn't get to him, but it, it appears yeah. like it does. I think he really enjoys being the starter i think he really enjoys being the the primary guard and i think w- there was evidence to that in obviously the playoffs that we saw la- the playoffs last year and also tonight so look I, I guess the take i would i would take away from this would be you know if, if Kyrie isn't 100 percent, there are, we, we shouldn't be feel free like we we shouldn't feel like we have to start him we has to play like even if he's like god like 80 percent against like the warriors or something I'm prepared in a regular season contest context rather to to not start him and to play the guys because I think there's definitely a positive all around effect on the squad when Kyrie mm-hmm. is out there. But to say straight up that it'd be better if we shipped Kyrie off, got whatever we can, and build around Terry Rozier is is completely nonsensical. We 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 need Kyrie like we need you know a, a scalp is completely <laughs> completely essential. Necessary. I would just, I would love, love, love if somehow, somehow between now and the start of the playoffs, they figure out a way, or Terry figures out a way to just play with that kind of confidence and that kind of composure when it's his turn taking over Kyrie, rather than you know trying to feel like to live up to his mantle. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think you got to be. That's almost a hot take. Like you, you got to be careful changing up the the minutes distribution between Kyrie and and Terry too much because like we want Terry to get used to the role that he has right and that's definitely a role if if anything he's going to have even more limited minutes in the playoffs he'll definitely be in the rotation but that's where Kyrie's going to play you know 35 40 minutes a game and and Terry's minute count might take a hit there so Mm. you know rather rather than try and boost his confidence by giving him more minutes and, and Kyrie less minutes and uh, you know, I guess the the thing in favor of that is that Kyrie is maybe healthy when it comes to the playoffs, which is important. But then it, it kind of takes things out of whack a little bit and gets Terry Rozier used to a role that really is not his, his permanent role. But then again, he may not be with the team, you know, this time next year. So I don't know. That's uh, maybe part of a longer discussion that needs to be had at some point. But um, it, it, there's no question that Terry Rozier thrives in extended minutes. And um, he was really good for the team today. I uh, have Kyrie Irving on my fantasy team. Sorry, listeners. I know it's boring to hear people talk about their own fantasy team. But these are Celtic players. It's a Celtic podcast. So bear with me. Kyrie Irving, straight to the uh, the uh, the injury thingy. And... Uh, promoted Terry Rozier off the waivers to my team and uh, he did not disappoint. So played well for my uh, my fantasy team, played well for the Celtics today and uh, that was really good to see. Um, keeping on down this list of things that we liked and, and don't worry, we will get to the things that we didn't like. That is coming. Uh, but Al Horford, early early in the game, he, he blew a dunk and <laughs> uh, I think it was a joke. We had this like um, Google Hangouts chat, right? And, and Joe was like, oh, Al looks old and to be honest, and to credit to Joe, like Al has looked old uh, for the most part this season, but um, he was an inch away from looking young and athletic, right? Like he barely missed that dunk. And if that goes in, you like he kind of took off from not that far in from the free throw line. It was almost a good looking athletic dunk, but he did miss it. And then he comes back down the other end and he forces a miss from Carl Anthony Towns and he, and he takes his beastly rebound. And from from that point onwards to the game, it was like that that missed dunk 
spurred him on to to actually put in a lot of effort and give it give it like almost a playoff owl level of intensity and that was really good to see and his defense on, on Kyle Towns was uh, amazing for the rest of the game it was great yeah, totally. I thought Hawford was key to a lot of things we ran tonight. Um, that that miss dunk obviously didn't get to him. It was it was actually it was a good. It must have been a sign of, of of, of things to come because like when he dunked it, I kind of just giggled about it. Whereas if that had happened, <laughs> I don't know, maybe prior to the eight game win streak early in the season, if that happened, I would just start to pull yeah. my hair out and be like, what the fuck? Why is it happening? But um, <laughs> no, he was he was he was excellent tonight. Um, and uh, we got to see the flinch. Late in the game, did you see that? I, I can't remember whose free throw it was. It must have been Wiggins or someone. But yeah, he did the he did the, the whole flinch. Or do we do we have an official name for the flinch? The little spasm uh, that he does is that is that actually a thing or is, is should, that? Uh, I think we need to poll uh, Celtics Reddit and Celtics Twitter. Yeah, because the, uh, the last nickname uh, debate that we had went on for like <laughs> a month, the whole time lord <laughs> thing. So yeah, let's try let's try and see what we want to call Al Horford's weird free throw reaction. I I, I vote the whole flinch. The Hawthorne, I like it. That yeah. that might be a winner. Well, look, uh, listeners out there, if you've got an idea for the uh, to to better the Hawthorne uh, idea, then comment on the uh, on the Reddit post for this episode or, or tweet us at Celtic Reddit Pod. All right, what else do we like about this game, Rogier? We talked about Al Horford. I like the uh, rebounds. Re- yes, I was just thank jump you, in and say that. <laughs> you know, funny enough, we actually finished level on on rebounds with them, thirty three apiece, but. The the first half in particular was very lopsided in in our favor and. What do you know? We were up like twenty eighteen and and or twenty eighteen points. I mean, um, and I thought we might struggle because of because Towns just eats rebounds for breakfast, and he he did mm-hmm. get going in the third, and obviously they bought that gap back to back to parity. But um, yeah, no, what what a surprise, you know, when you rebound the ball and you get you know whether it's on the whether it's on the offensive boards or it's you know cleaning up the defensive glass, you tend to win the game. We tend to get a lead up. So surprise, to see surprise. to see to see us comfortably ahead in that start for once was was really, really cool. Yeah, and, and that led to us scoring I think a thirty five to twenty one uh second quarter, which really set the tone for the rest of the game. Uh, obviously you grab those rebounds, you score in transition, you score on the fast break. Um it really sets up the sort of the Brad Stevens kind of, you know, um pace and space motion offense. So you get the rebounds uh, you get the win clearly, and uh, you know a team against um, a front line of of Taj Gibson and Kyle Anthony Towns. It's not all, always easy to go in there and grab those boards, but uh, Al was doing a good job. Uh, I want to talk about role players very quickly, and very quickly, don't have to go into this too uh, in too much detail. But the other bigs, uh, Yabu, Daniel Tice, and Shemi Ojale, really starting to settle into their roles nicely, um, particularly Gershon Yabuselli. Um, you draft a guy like Gershon Yabusele. You've been following the team for a few years now. They draft him. There's a lot of hype. You know, he's a he's a draft and stash player. He's the French Draymond Green. We're going to stash him for a little while, and when the time is right, we're going to bring him over. He's going to be the starting four. He's going to be shooting threes. He's going to be dunking. He's going to be amazing. And and really, the whole time while that's fun, you're just kind of hoping they can come off the bench and give you five solid minutes and keep you in a game while we rest our actual big. In this case, it's Al Horford. And since we've had. Time Lord, and since we've had Aaron Baines out, Yabu has been doing that while Tice has maybe struggled a little bit more against uh, bigger big men. Uh, that's been really impressive to see from Yabu, and he's even stepped back out from beyond the three-point line, uh, which we know he can do, but he's not always done that efficiently, and he's been he's been stroking those shots as well. Uh, and similar thing can be said about Shami Ojale as well, who's been great. Yeah, totally. Gershon's on a bit of a bit of a, uh, 
a bit of a run at the moment, isn't he? I mean, that mm. Memphis game yeah. was excellent. Um, he's, yeah, he's getting minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, he's, he's really starting to like step up and earn his place in this team. And obviously that's due to the absences of, um, of Baines and of Time Lord, like you said. But um, to, to see someone have the opportunity like that and to like actually do a, a decent job with him is, is really cool to see. There was one moment in the game, I can't remember exactly when it was, I think he, uh, uh, he gave away a foul and he had his hands on his hips and he was kind of bent over and they cut to this camera that was behind him and it's like, you, you guys can't see it, but like the screen, right? It, like a good third of it was taken up by his butt. Ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This thick <laughs> this thick French... Never mind. Uh, <laughs> derriere. Yeah, derriere. Thank you. Um, was, yeah, I just I remember just thinking to myself, like, I wonder if the I wonder if the cameraman here is uh, is aware of the memes because he's just contributing to it big time here. But um, yeah, that was uh, that was a standout. But also shout shout out to Sammy as well. He did cop a little tiny bit of a poster from um from Towns, I think, in the fourth quarter, yeah. a tiny bit, but it didn't. Someone's got to do it. Yeah, yeah. Someone was going to get dunked on, and and it's hey, the Celtic way. Yeah, and we got we got the W, <laughs> and he shot what fifty percent from the field. Sweet. Who cares? Yeah, and not so much in this game, but in, in recent games, uh, Shemi's like takes to the bucket um, could only be described as as cannonball takes. And I wrote this mm. down for some uh, show notes for an episode we didn't end up doing over the holiday break. But um, a couple of times he like put his head down, and it was it was like Sonic the Hedgehog like going into that like ball mode, and then the, like you prop up and like you you're there. Like he, I, it's, I know that's kind of a, a weird description and vague. Um, Bear with me, you know it was a it was a busy New Year's break. I know what you mean, but, um, man. <laughs> yeah, like he just rolls to where he wants to go, and I just I hope that he can do that more because it was unstoppable and it was really good to see. And that's he's what nine or ten people down our bench, so it's really really good to see. Anyway, Absolutely. and yeah, Gershon Yabaselli, Derriere, extraordinaire, uh, absurd stat. Do you want to do you know want to lead us with this one, Jackson? Yeah, I, I, I pop this. I pop this one up. Um, so Gordon Hayward, right? What what a game! What an outstanding game! Fourteen of 18, 35 points. A grand total of minus seven. So mm-hmm. I don't understand that at all. Whereas Jason Tatum, three of eleven, looked like he was struggling a little bit with eight points plus twenty two. So. I'm aware. I'm aware of the, the plus minus start. It's actually a fairly good yeah. indicator of of how you perform when you're on and off the court and etc. Like that. But um, mm-hmm. I think this is just one of those examples where it's just it's just utterly, utterly misleading. Because I mean, I didn't think Tatum was bad by any stretch. Well, actually, no, I'll, I'll wind that back a little bit. I didn't think Tatum had the best shooting night. But I think what we're talking about with Joe on the on their uh, on our um our hangouts chat today, um, he was trying to make things happen and he wasn't really forcing the shot. I felt like all of his opportunities came within the, the rhythm of the offense. So um, for him to, you know, have a poor shooting night but still end up with that plus minus is, is, is really encouraging. And for Haywood, I mean, if you told him, if it's, if he told us before the game he was going to be a minus seven, I would think to myself, oh, Jesus, you know, what's he going to have like, you know, 20 odd minutes for like five points? But uh, no, quite the opposite. So uh, yeah, wrap your head around that. Uh, it's something that stuck out, stood out to me big time. Yeah, it stood out to a few people, and I'm just scrolling through Celtics Reddit now, as you do, and user Jamon Ruffles 17 posted uh, a few hours after the game, Hayward went off, but help me with this, please. We won the game by 16. Hayward scored 35 points on incredible shooting efficiency, 14 from 18, yet he was a plus minus of minus seven, while Tatum chopped three for 11 and was plus 22, basically, exactly as you said there, Jackson. Yeah. Um, he didn't watch the game, so what explains this? And the top comment is by user Brad Stevens, uh, who wrote, Hayward played the final 10 minutes and 38 seconds of the third quarter, at which we got outscored 35 to 21. He had 15 of our 21 points. So he played in this brutal stretch of the third quarter where the T-Wolves outscored us, which really vastly skewed the sort of the plus minus there, uh, unfortunately. But, 
you know, like Brad Stevens says there, Brad Stevens himself, uh, he had 15 of our 21 points and really kept us in the game and kept it from, from being a blowout and really played that like that Kyrie role, which and he's a max player. He should be doing that. And that's why I really like this may as well be the, the Gordon Hayward episode. Like I could honestly talk about how, how good that was. But um, yeah, that, I think that's the reason behind that. But yeah, um, completely. certainly an interesting statistical anomaly. Definitely. And, and I think that also uh, segues us nicely into uh, what we're going to talk about, things that we didn't like about the game. And I think he uh, uh, yeah. was quite uh, quite obvious that I think everyone's collective, collectively, everyone's favorite, least favorite thing about this, uh, about this game was the third quarter itself. So mm-hmm. thank God for Hayward, you know, keeping up there with Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins who, were, who just suddenly caught fire and went on and put 39 points away in this third. Yeah. You know, he really he really did keep us from 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 getting that to be really uncomfortable or really dangerous or or you know, giving up the lead. So, you know, uh-huh. good for him, but I mean, yeah, it was really eerily similar how similar it was to the Spurs game in the sense that you had this team that was no playing nowhere near to their potential in the first half and then in the third quarter just all of a sudden can't be stopped i think they went on a, a 14 or 16 nothing run at one stage and carl anthony towns after missing his first like seven eight something like that shots got it going and hit 20 points in the third quarter a la something like lamarcus aldridge who missed i think yeah. his first 10 and then went on to set 11 straight or some shit like that so there was a point where i started to think oh god is this going to be the spurs game all over again uh, but again Haywood said no to that um but even though it is nice to come out relatively unscathed um from this game you know it, it, there must be something to be said about you know this very very recent trend albeit uh of uh kind of going to sleep in the third quarter what do you reckon i think it's no coincidence that the third quarter for us or for the celtics rather is the the longest stretch in which al horford does not play you know, like he, he he plays quite early in the in the third quarter. Brad takes him out, and he doesn't insert him back into the game until winning time, with about six or seven minutes left in the fourth. Um, and it's it's during that time that we get exploited in the paint. I'm sure there are a lot of other uh, smaller reasons that you know, if we really break this down, that we could really get into. But the most glaring issue to me is that Al Horford's not in the game at that point. Perhaps that's normally when Bainsey would be in the game and be that that defensive presence within the paint for us. And we've got some undersized bigs who are who are good on the offensive end at drawing the defending bigs out to the perimeter, but not necessarily at stopping guys like Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Davis and stuff like that. So to me, that that's the issue. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think you're referring to maybe Daniel Tice in that respect. Am I am I correct? Oh yes. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. I think Daniel Tice. One hundred percent. We're gonna we're gonna get to the uh, the thread negativity in a little while, but I feel like yeah, Daniel Daniel Tice gets a, a little bit too much stick because he's in this situation where he has to go up against these you know these these big men, and he's gone up against some pretty decent ones you know uh, in in the last few games, Capella, Aldridge, and Carl Anthony Towns, and like that's not his game. So he's in there like you know, doing his absolute best, but it's just it hasn't exactly been good enough so yeah the 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 point about Horford not being there totally makes sense um I I really hope this is something that they go and they work on and they they focus on being just as intense or, or the intensity at least you know you know it like ramps up at the start of the third because I think I think if we had a strong start to that third quarter that that's potentially like a 30 point win or something like that um but instead we had to you know just fight probably a little bit harder than we really thought we would have you know at halftime at least yeah, absolutely. Or we can just put uh, Marcus Smart in at center and uh, and call it a game. 
That's uh, it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> when his when his shoulder when so his that, shoulder hasn't popped out, that is. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you just leave the weapon that shit back into place and uh, put it back in, and totally. he's fine. I bet he popped and it. The in other thing, I, I don't think you. Sorry, I don't think you dislocated it, but I already did. I already did. I reckon he just popped it at himself and like smacked himself in the face and just ran out there again. That's, yeah. That's how I picture just, Marcus Smart dealing with like you know a, a medical emergency. Just sorts it out himself. <laughs> Yeah, he just threw himself against the wall, got that shoulder back into place, and I uh, ran back out. <laughs> totally. <laughs> the other thing I've got under the what did me like section was the, I don't know, this is maybe nitpicking a little bit, but defensive rotations for the Celtics still need a little bit of work. They're getting better, but there's still room for improvement. We we don't seem to be able to continue rotating after like three or more passes, which for a team with a defensive mindset, for a team and a coach with such a good defensive reputation it does seem like you can you can really break down the Celtic defense after a few passes and you know that's maybe why we did so well against a team like the Timberwolves today who offensively particularly without some of their their better offensive playmakers and and point guards uh Jeff Teague Derek Rose to name a couple you know I'm sure that they're looking at the tape I'm sure that they're aware of the issue but they just seem to be broken down uh quite easily at this point and that's going to be a real problem when we play against competent offensive teams you know, not like the T-Wolves, but against teams like the Raptors and the Warriors and, and you know, teams that we've historically struggled against. So, um, I don't know. Like I said, maybe nitpicking, but uh, I don't know. That's, that's definitely a, a area for improvement for the Celtics at this point. Totally. Um, so, I've listed the, the Mark Eye injuries as well. Marcus Smart, obviously the shoulder, which we touched on, and, and Marcus Morris, who seems to have twinged his neck, um, but both seem like minor injuries, and it seems like they'll not miss any time at all. And if they do, it won't be much. Something that Joe mentioned to us earlier in the day, again via a Google Hangouts. Joe really is here with us in spirit, by the way. He's not on the episode, but he's a, he seems to have had a lot of input. His, his takes Does will Jaylen always Brown, make it here. <laughs> yeah. Does Jalen Brown have small hands? Uh, he did lead the league in turnovers today with five, um, and he does seem to struggle a lot. He's, he does seem to have like a butterfingers kind of vibe, right? Particularly in transition and, and when attempting to catch the ball, which in a ball sport is uh, pretty integral to success. Yeah, totally. I, I, oh man, I, I, I don't know. I've never really, you know, observed his hands in rel- in, in relation to like how much of like the ball it, it covers or whether he's ever like done like a hand-to-hand thing with someone that we know has large hands, like, I don't know, mm. like Kawhi Leonard or something like that. So, I mean, if, if someone could, could get us some hardcore unarguable stats that give me the, the, the measurements of, of Jalen Brown's, you know, you know, hand span and, and, and the dimensions and everything like that. We could do a, some advanced analytics on that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I hope he doesn't. And if he does, then I hope he proves that you'd need big hands to play well in the NBA people wrong, I guess. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's the... You know, conspiracy theory, but maybe that's the the whole plan with the hand braces. Yeah. There's a bit of grip on there, like NFL style, and it allows him to catch the ball. And that's that's maybe really been the the reason for his uh, marked improvement. Perhaps his uh, here's, here's, here's a quick snap decision. Just just tell me straight away what your feeling is. Does he have bigger hands than Isaiah Thomas? I uh, I mean, again, the the hand span stats are not on Basketball <laughs> Reference. They are, they can't be found. But yes or no? So, yes or no? <laughs> I mean, it's got to be yes, right? Yeah, sure. It's got to be yes. It, ha- it has to be. Again, no stats as we reiterate, but um, yeah, I mean, if if uh, if someone like IT can can get be dexterous, yeah. de- dex- I see dexterous point. or whatever. Oh, Jesus Christ, I can't talk anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's anyone get, get us that get us that hand info, people of Twitter and, and Reddit. We'll uh we'll we'll discuss it later with more uh more stats. Where are the stats? I'm I'm sure they're out there. Uh, and we did talk at length about 
the uh, lack thereof length of, of Jalen Brown's tongue. There was a moment in the playoffs <laughs> last year uh, where we named an episode after it where um, Jalen Brown, he stuck his tongue out after a play and it was it was like a little... I don't, I don't even know how to... I've never seen anything like it. It was an abnormally small tongue and maybe um, that lack of size carries over to his hands as well. I don't know. We've spent too long talking about Jalen Brown's hands, but it could be an issue for him. I'd rather uh, talk about I'd rather talk about his hands than his uh than his poor game. So hey, this this is a good day for me. <laughs> <laughs> now another take from Joe. He, he submitted this to us before we started recording tonight. He said that Rogier is forever giving up his advantage in closeout situations. He'll catch the ball with someone closing out, and instead of shooting it or driving it, he'll go into his jab steps and just totally stalls the play. Uh, maybe a la Mook last year before he before he got a lot better. Um, yeah, I mean. <sighs> Rogier had a, a, a much better game, obviously. We, we've talked about this already, but there's still a lot of room, room for improvement, rather. And um, I mean, it's probably a good observation there by Joe. But uh, I don't know. Holes in his game, obviously, Jackson. Have you, have you got any uh, additions to make to the, the small holes in Rogier's game segment? To be perfectly honest, I was really enjoying Rogier's game today. So Joe's just come in and like put in this input that I, I, I can't deny is true because I've gone back and I've watched it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. does do yeah. that. But, I mean, you're absolutely right. I, as I was watching, I'm thinking, man, <laughs> Scary Terry's back. His, his first few plays look good, and <laughs> and now when he mentions this, I'm like, yeah, you're right. He's 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 not quite doing this, but yeah. I mean, we we talked about Terry earlier. Um, like I said, I I think I know. I I think I believe his issue is the whole living up to Kyrie's presence and whatnot there. Um, yeah. but you know, maybe little things like this, if he does work on them and 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 these things, and he, and he can improve, you know, piece by piece, then you know maybe he'll get there, even with Kyrie, you know, playing next to him or like you know playing, you know, deputizing for him. So, um. Um, yeah, oh, look. If, if if Joe notices it, and Joe's got a, is a very very sharp basketball brain, um, mm. I'm quite certain that Terry and Brad will notice it too, and and they'll work on it. So here's to that. Yeah, totally good take, Joe. That, that's what makes this podcast so good. You know, it's it's good right now, but when we're fully staffed and we've got Joe to maybe to bring us down off our high a little bit <laughs> and and, and uh, swipe the rose colored glasses off of our face and uh, and tell us. Tell us like it is. It's uh, what makes this such a, a wholesome and, and balanced podcast. So shout out to Joe. Uh, it'd be good to have you back next week. But uh, in the meantime, we're going to trudge on. We're going to bring it all back home. It's all about sample sizes. Am I right? Obviously, this is a fun game. This is a, a good game for Gordon Hayward and, and for Celtics fans of the world. It was very fun to watch and, and we beat a team decisively. But it can't go unsaid that the team has been extremely inconsistent and you would be a fool to walk away from this game thinking, okay, everything's going to be great now. Absolutely. I mean, like, I think I said it once before, but, like, uh, this Timberwolves team wasn't really that dangerous at all. I mean, they didn't have Derek Rose, who's been great for them. They didn't have Robert Covington, who's who's defensively would have stopped a lot of those easy buckets that we did get. Um, so, look, you got to take the positives. With you got to take the positives where you can. If we are going to be inconsistent, then, you know, I don't want to dwell on the losses or the fact that we are inconsistent so much. I would rather enjoy the wins when they come. And this was a very enjoyable win today for me. Absolutely. A quick uh, few post-game thread shout-outs for the Redditors out there. User Fortunate Fox wrote, Carry on, my Hayward son. (laughs) And user Fez John writes, This is probably the closest Hayward looked to Utah Gordon all year, which uh, is obviously true. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a moment with the Reddit recap.
Welcome back. Alright, this is the Reddit recap, and there's, um... There's one topic in particular that I think has been dominating the, the, the Boston Celtics sub over the last few weeks. And I would say that's probably the, uh, as, as the, one of the threads was posted uh, earlier this week, uh, the state or the current state of the game threads. Um, now, it's probably no surprise to anyone that the Boston Celtics fan base has grown in a lot in the last year, the popularity of like, you know, had the team that the run, the run that we had last year and the trades that we've made and the team that we're assembling, you know, there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of expectations about us. And I think with that comes a lot of, uh, new fans and not just new fans, also fans that have been around for ages, but they've now got a level of expectation that we all, you know, I wouldn't say universally, but very, very generally, everyone expected us to kind of live up to. You know, we were going to be. Yeah, this is going to get it. This is going to be one of our. This is gonna, potentially going to be our year, and it still might be. But I feel like, see, I, I, rem- I see some of the, the hot takes, and I say hot takes. I, I don't know if they even qualify as that. You know, they're, they're just they're, they're complete and utter like knee jerk stream of conscious reactions that I think people feel most motivated to make when things are going wrong. I mean, I, I remember being eleven or 12 years old, something like that. And this rugby league team that I support, the Newcastle Knights, and if you don't know what rugby league is, <laughs> don't worry. It's pretty cool, but, you know, it's for another day. Um, so the Newcastle Knights, I think, remember, lost a, a, a playoff game uh, to this refereeing decision that I really, at the time, didn't agree with. I can't remember if it was correct or not. But I remember 11-year-old me being, like, so full of rage like in my bed, like, just rushing about and like making all these inaudible, inaudible like just angry noises and like punching the pillow and, and, and having this like really like kind of dark dialogue in my head about what I would do to this referee and his family if I ever found them. Like it was 11 year old kid, right? And it, I was so full of hate that I, I just, I, I couldn't stand it for a good 10 minutes there. Hmm. Now I didn't yeah, have any... I know the feeling. Yeah. Now I didn't have anything to, 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 to vent that out other than this, these, this tantrum that I was throwing in my room. So... I feel like that feeling when a sports team in particular means a lot to you is pretty universal. You know, a lot of people get that. So when you feel like that's the fault of the guys on your team, I understand when you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, you know, Jalen Brown is so shit. You know, how do you not miss that, you know, that, that, that two-foot jumper? Or how do you not get uh-huh. a, a, a layup? And I, I, a free throw. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I understand the 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 rage that comes with it and i understand that the game threads or just social media in general is a really easy way of getting that information out you know basically anonymously and seeing if someone else can like say something that might you know validate you but you know not criticize you in reality as soon as you put something hot into a game thread you're going to have someone else come back at you saying that you're full of shit you know you're talking about blah 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 and i feel like a large part of this game thread is is, is just a lot of people very emotional about the game, kind of mis- misunderstanding each other. And then there's the side that is just the trolls. The guys who are just yeah. going to come in and just say, you know, uh, Haywood is so shit, he's, he's a bad contract, he's crap, he's never going to be what he is, blah, 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 blah. And saying these things kind of more just out of, to, get, to get a rise out of... Out of um, out of the users in in this um, in the the game thread, the state of the game thread post was posted by um, Suzuko. Um, one of the key lines that they wrote in it was, uh, "Game threads are for people discussing the game, sharing their love for the Celtics, not a place just to vent out your frustration on the team." I feel like you should be able to vent your frustration on the team, but it, it, it's really it, it can get toxic and it can get really ugly when that's just coming yeah. straight from your brain onto the keyboards and going out into a place where it can be discussed and it becomes this tornado of negativity 
that will just permeate and keep going as long as we're having a bad game. And it's always happening here. So I feel like everyone should be entitled to their opinion, as the mods are saying. And I feel yeah. like the, the grain threads are a great place to be. But it has gotten to the stage where I just, at the moment, I just can't be asked going in and dealing with it because it's just too negative. And when I do get away from it, I feel better. And that kind of makes me sad because I like being in the game threads. And that was a very, yeah. very long rant. I'm sorry, Ben. But yeah, that's basically no, no, what I've got to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're anything like me, like the Celtics Reddit, as far as watching Celtics games, like that's my home, right? And, and you can probably relate to this, Jackson, and, and maybe some of the international non-Bostonian fans out there. Like that's where you go to talk to other people about the Celtics because totally. I live in Sydney. Like I, I can't go outside and talk to someone else about the Celtics. They're, just, they're not there. Or if they, if they are... Like, come and find me because I don't know you, and I wish I wish that I did because I'm. <laughs> you stuck have to in these spot them threads. out in the distance with the green jerseys. Like, oh shit, there's one. Yeah, it's, so it's rare. Yeah, I mean, occasionally I'll walk past someone with like a Larry Bird jersey on, and I'll nod, and they'll give me this look <laughs> like, "Dude, my wife gave me this. I don't know who Larry Bird is." And then I get sad again. But anyway, I digress. Um, I, with the game threads, yeah, it's it's tough because it comes down to like what you want to get out of it, what you want the game thread to be. And there are some people who want it to be a, a, a good, balanced, nuanced discussion. And, you know, you might see someone miss a shot and rather immediately vent your frustration about a shot or a free throw. You might say something more constructive like, oh, I wish that he'd tried this on this play or, <laughs> you know, I wish that he'd passed the ball. Uh, it probably sounds unrealistic. I, ne- but I never you, see that. Man, I wish that well, went I, in. <laughs> I, see it, I see it occasionally and I, I upvote the shit out of those comments. Like I really, that's a really... Un- albeit rare but constructive taken everyone's better for it and then there's your like your tantrum like you mentioned having a tantrum before where it's just an emotional reaction um straight from the emotional epicenter of your brain through your fingers onto the keyboard and into the game thread um and that becomes like you said quite toxic and quite unbearable and then you start to become more partial to Celtics Twitter than Celtics Reddit. Celtics Twitter is funny and it's bizarre and it's full of memes and it's great. And one of the reasons I don't go to Celtics Twitter for, for podcast content is because it's all jokey, and which is great, but it's not a good source of like analytical content. And that's what the best part of game threads and post game threads um, are. But um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, I digress. It's it's an interesting and and de- um, divisive and contentious issue. But it's good to see the mods of Celtics Reddit um, like start to address the issue and, and maybe potentially do something about it. And you know, I, I poked my head into today's game thread. And you know, when you when you're winning and and Gordon Hayward, who you signed to a max contract, and has been the point of a lot of this frustration, is actually playing well. Uh, you don't find a lot of a lot of examples of uh, what's been going wrong in in the game threads. But my, I guess my my call out to to Celtic Reddit, my advice to Celtic Redditors out there would be to try and relax. Uh, I understand that with the expectations on this team going into the season and the lack of meeting those expectations, um, it's it's been very very frustrating. But it's a journey, and we we followed lots of iterations of of Celtics teams within the Celtics Reddit era, and we've always found something to enjoy about them. And admittedly, a lot of that has been to do with the expectations being significantly less than what they are now. But we need to temper our expectations. We need to recalibrate our expectations and enjoy it from this point onwards. And things like Gordon Hayward's game today are are part of what makes following a team so enjoyable. And you've got to take the good with the bad and 
I don't know. I feel like I could rant about this forever. And you're right, Jackson. You, you should be able to express your frustrations and your criticisms about a team. But there's a difference between making a comment on what frustrates you about the team and just like word word fighting out like blah this team makes me feel sad blah like there's no yeah. there's no point in doing that it's it's annoying i guess if i <laughs> if, if i had to if i had to feel compelled to give like anyone advice who, who who might you know shoot the mouth off a little bit in the game thread whether they feel like they're justified or they're not like i mean for me it, it, it sucked watching us at least so far have our expectations be so high and then everyone who's kind of a bit more logical, a bit more realistic, you know, at least in the regular season context is sort of starting to like taper those off a little bit. We're now starting to think, okay, you know, we can get ourselves maybe you know, force the fourth seed and we can get a home cup for the first series and we get some momentum, blah, yeah. blah, 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 everything like that. But I feel like a lot of people are just, you know, really pissed off that we're not going to live up to expectations. If we don't live up to expectations, and let's just say we, we crash out in the first round of the playoffs this year, and it's it's it's, it's the game threads are, are a mess and everything. Let me just put this to you: like, we're gonna be here next year. You know what I mean? Like, we might not have the exact same team, but like, you know, you know, Kyrie, we're ninety nine percent sure is gonna be here. Tatum's mm-hmm. gonna be here. Horford's gonna be here. Jalen Brown is most likely gonna be here. You know, there's I, I trust the Celtics management and if there's a trade coming and it's going to make us better and it's going to make us compete now then I'm all for it but if they don't do that this year then that's okay because I, I believe in this team for the long run too and, and so should you you know so if, if, if it's if it's all going to hell this year and that makes you sad I totally get it it pisses me off it makes me sad just as well but mate this is a young this is a young team and we're playing the long game so if it's not this year it'll be next year if it's not next year it'll be the year after and you know I think as long as you can bear that in mind then, you know, Jalen Brown missing a two-foot jumper in the third quarter against the Grizzlies <laughs> won't trigger you as much. Yeah, you know, 22-year-old Jalen Brown. Yes. And, like, the, we've won one title. The Celtics have won one title 2008, and before then it was, like, 1986. You know, titles do not come easy. Mm-hmm. Larry Bird is not walking through that door, as someone once said. Neither is Kelly um, Olenek. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, I don't know. Who are we to tell you what to do, really? Um, but the the mods have their work cut out for them because it is a problem. Uh, as user in Ainge we trust says, game threads are more frustrating than the game itself, and it shouldn't be the case. Glad you guys, uh, being the mods, are doing something about it. I they've got some good suggestions there in terms of only allowing subscribers to participate in game threads and turning off the vote counts, which did, which they did today to to some success. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like that's that's a hard thing to monitor and, and to police. So I'm um, good on the mods for finally addressing it. But um, yeah, I mean, if we keep playing in a in a frustrating manner, it's it's going to be difficult not to expect um, similar conduct to um, to keep going on. So look, it's good to talk about because it is a contentious issue that's um, that's current and relevant in this community. So um, interesting to see the the developments going on there. Um, all right, let's let's pick it up a little bit. Maybe a little morose there. It's, you know, it's a day of celebration. Gordon Hayward, as we may have said once, twice, or, or ten times, um, <laughs> played a fantastic game today. Kyrie Irving's rocking around, rocking some sweet sunglasses. Um, life is good. Uh, I want to shout out one Kyrie's. Kyrie's. Uh, sorry, I, I, this is a really clumsy attempt of shoehorning this in. But absolutely, I, I, I wait for you to talk about Kyrie scratching his eyes. Like, hey man, his third eye is still good. The all-seeing, the one that's on all his shoes, still healthy as hell. So that's the one you got to so, worry about. Well, let's. We're going to try and uh, exactly. round up this rhetoric recap and <laughs> this, this podcast episode. Oh, on, a, on a lighter note, uh, user Backcourt Stats made a post today on, on Celtics Reddit. Hayward's game tonight was the best Boston Celtics shooting performance since Paul Pierce dropped 40 points on the Cavaliers while shooting a blistering 81.3% from the field 
over six years ago on the 19th of December 2012. And hey, I was at that game, which uh, I was very surprised to see. I was like, hang on a second. I remember that game. No way. I was sitting really? right behind the Celtics basket in the second half and watching Paul Pierce do that. And it was amazing. Um, so it was nice to read that. It was nice to hear that Gordon Haywood um, has usurped that performance by Paul Pierce. And um just an overall positive thing to end on, which I think is a good thing, given the game thread shenanigans we were just discussing. Definitely, definitely. That's a cool piece of trivia. I really like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good time. So thank you, Backcourt Stats. All right, we've got a couple of games coming up uh, between now and when we see you next, and I have written them down somewhere, and now I can't find them. Um, oh, they're right here in front of me. Okay, cool. So we're playing at home the next three games versus the Mavs, who... Uh, have won four of their last five. We're playing the Nets, who have won three of their last five, and we're playing the Pacers, who have won all of their last five games. Mm. I, I guess the the one obviously great thing about all of those those matchups is the in TD Garden in Boston. But um, those are teams to be uh, reckoned with. You know, they're difficult opponents, even the Nets at at times. So. Any uh, any spicy takes you've got about these three matchups up ahead? Spicy takes. Um, I'm. Uh... I'm looking forward to continuing my, my love-hate relationship with Luka Doncic. The hate only comes from his uh, his 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 fandom, his 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 obnoxious sort of following on RNBA. Which Tale Luka. Tale Luka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a Slovenian. He's hard to hate though. Yeah, he's yeah, really yeah. Hard to no, hate. his his game backs it up totally. And like, I have this Slovenian mate that I used to work with that I've been meaning to message and, and get his take. I'm sure he's over the moon. So um, that's going to be a tough game, man. The Nets are going to be a tough game. They're playing really well at the moment, and I think they, I think they've. They would really enjoy beating the Celtics. I think they would really enjoy beating the Celtics for the rest of time, given how that that trade went down, and given that they're going to be playing against the guys that they would have had on their team uh, as well, too. And the Pacers, man, like we we just can't seem to catch those guys at the moment. In fact, you know they're they're we've got to catch the the Sixers before we catch them because they're up in the the heady heady heights of the third seed. And I've been saying yeah. on our uh, Google Hangouts for I think a couple of weeks now that I think I rate them as a massive sleeper. I really yeah. think. I, I, we can talk about it probably in the wash-up of the game, but yeah, I really think they can go on to do to do great things. Having said all that, I think 2019, January 2019, is going to be a stellar, stellar month for the Boston Celtics. We started it yesterday. Oh, sorry, we started it earlier today with a great win. I'm going to say three of three. Cop that. Oh man, I would love that so much. That would that mean where we've won 100 percent of our games in uh, 2019 yeah, so far. So why not? Why not that, keep it rolling? Who says that's to stop? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Pacers is a game that I am worried about. I think it's probably the game that we bring back Kyrie Irving. I, I don't Surely. know anything about eye injuries, but that's a you know that's a team in terms of seeding that we want to try and get up a game on. So that seems like an yeah. important game. That would um, we, surely that would be with some with some um, some medication for Kyrie. That would be the return of masked Kyrie. Would we assume that as much? Yeah, I, I was kind of hoping for goggled Kyrie, like the Horace Grant, oh, like, yeah. uh, nerdy like strap on shades. What about, what, that, that how about how sweet. about eye patch Kyrie? I don't think that would work, but then they could get some real cool Metal Gear Solid vibes from that. So this is one patch over his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. All right, cool, good times. Um, good on you, Celtics Reddit. You're all right. I hope you didn't bum me out too much. I still that, love but, you. Um, I still love you. <laughs> All right, that'll just about do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining us. If you want to reach out, the best way is either on Twitter at Celtic Reddit Pod or go ahead and comment on the Reddit thread for this episode. We want to hear from you. Very happy to answer your questions and ramble about your hot takes on the next episode or other episodes ahead. 
If you want to support the show, please rate, subscribe to, and share the podcast with your friends. It's always nice to see those numbers go up and it keeps us motivated, let's be honest. Jackson, thanks again as always. Have a good week, my friend. My pleasure. Likewise to you. Go Celtics. Thanks, buddy. All right, go Celtics. Peace. Peace.